and welcome to the Embodied Life Coaching Podcast with me, Louise Lewis. I am a mindset and body-based life coach specialising in helping people understand and resolve the deep-seated patterns that hold them back from having a life that looks and feels extraordinary. Through a series of solo episodes and conversations with guest experts, I will explore how incorporating bodywork, whether that be somatic-based exercises, biology and cellular health, or nervous system healing, is an essential addition to your personal development work. If you are familiar with therapy, coaching, or counseling, and feel like there's been a missing piece of the puzzle, keep listening, because the bodywork and nervous system pieces may be it. I can't wait to share these life-changing materials with you. It's time to live a full life from a place where you are deeply connected to your mind, body, and soul. Get ready. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Embodied Life Coaching Podcast. So I have another guest with me this week, and I am delighted to welcome Avril Brown to the podcast. So Avril is someone that I have met recently through a new mentorship program that I'm doing. And it's been so lovely to connect with like-minded others um, through this process. So Avril is an awakened mum coach. And what that means for her is that she helps people awaken to the truth of who they really are. And what I love about that, and the theme that is coming through in the interviews that I've been doing recently is the different ways we can get back to the essence and truth of us and and what that can look like. So I'm so looking forward to exploring um, with Avril today what that looks like for her. So Avril, welcome. Thank you so much. I'm so pleased to be here with you. Good. So I suppose predominantly I um, I reached out to you because I so love to um I love to see other people working in this space where they're also bringing in things like the nervous system looking at how do we support our biology how do we do different pieces and the thing that I'm very conscious of although many of my clients are parents and so I support in that way other than having our little fur baby Sydney I am not a parent um, so it would be lovely to hear a little bit from from you today, just in terms of what you do and how you support and also what that experience is, is like. Like, what is the experience of becoming a mother and how does that impact somebody's identity? So big, big topic for you to just dive into. Take it where you will. <laughs> It is a really big topic and and I guess the best place to go with this for me feels where I'm being drawn to is to share a bit about my experience because this is what led me to do what I'm doing and really becoming a mum was the catalyst for a massive healing experience for me, a massive awakening and it allowed me to heal in ways that I had tried for 20 years beforehand to heal and I never I had never made any inroads in it or any significant inroads so yeah I became a mum when I was 34 um and our son was was really tricky so our son is neurodiverse which um 
so for the first year of his life was very, very hard. He was really, I guess, what you'd label colicky, refluxy, really easily stimulated, highly sensitive. And he just cried and screamed all the time, pretty much. Like I said, I thought I'd done some work on myself <laughs> before mm. he was born. But oh, my goodness, it really brought me to my knees this first year of just confidence absolutely plummeting. Um, I totally burnt out in myself. I had come into motherhood on the back of a 20 year history with anorexia. So I had it had been at a really um, quite almost facial level when I was a teenager. Then I was much more highly functioning. So it was high functioning and I was able to get pregnant. Both things that I was I was told I'd never probably live and I was told I'd never be able to have a child. So I had this beautiful child. I and within the first year, I had regressed in, in my eating disorder again. I realized my child was going to need me so much because I could see in his development things that weren't the same as his peers. And I knew he was going to need me to be an advocate for him. But at the time, I had this duality of feeling so broken and so lost and just disconnected from him that it really scared me because I thought, how can I be an advocate for him? I just can't. And I realized that I was going to have to do something, uh, something about this for me in order to be what he needed me to be. And so it sent me on this big journey of starting to heal. And I knew the first thing. I just looked at it because I had no idea what the journey of healing was going to look like. And I think I would have scared me if I had. But I just realized I had to get over the anorexia. I had to do this. And I had never had a reason bigger than me to do it before. Um, and now I realize I had. I had this, this little tiny baby, this child that I needed to do it for. So that sent me into the physical spiral of, okay, I'm going to heal this physically um, and, and get over it. And I did, but I was, there was still a lot of mental residual stuff there that I had to work through. And as I worked through that and as more and more stuff came up, I realized just how lost I had been all, pretty much all of my life, how disconnected from myself I had been. And I was able to see this in my relationship with my child. And it felt very, very uncomfortable because I could see this barrier between me and him. And I knew I had this precious miracle child. I, he was some somebody that I never thought I would be able to have in my life. And yet there was a block between me and him. And it felt like my heart was so hard, even though I knew I loved him. I knew I loved him on a logical level. I knew I loved him with everything I'd got and I would have given my life for him. But it felt like there was just a hardness there or a protection there. And it was through that and through having, when I healed from the anorexia physically, my body went into this real place of shutdown. So I was eating, I was healthier than I should ever have been in my entire life. And yet my, my whole body went into this place of, right, you've given me what I've needed. You've given me what I've asked you for 20 years. And it just shut down for me. Um, and that was when I started discovering nervous system regulation. Because just through my all of my exploration with supplements and biochemistry and my son's journey, I, I tapped on nervous system regulation and it was there. It was like, 
ah, I make sense. <laughs> All of this makes sense. The complete mess of my life makes sense. And it wasn't a mess. It was it was this this beautiful unfolding of what I call like the journey home to myself. So for me, that was what motherhood allowed me to do. It allowed me to peel back the layers of all of this stuff that wasn't me so I could come back to who I really was. But it meant I had to approach it from all of the different angles, from the physicals, the mental, the chemistry in my body. And like without doubt, the emotional as well, the, so that I could soften that heart of mine. Yeah. I love that. There's so much in there. And thank you so much for sharing that so vulnerably. Like, I think a lot of people will resonate what, with what you said. And um, you may not know this, but I've got my own history with my own eating challenges as well. Um, and I think it's so interesting when when we take a step back, like we can make that decision of like, I want to be healthy, I want to be well. And we can make those physical changes, but but often it's the other stuff that needs to happen for us to actually feel well. And also taking that step back of, I have, so for me, it was more like binge eating and bulimia, but not like I'm disgusting, I'm broken, this is an awful thing I'm doing, but this is something that I have learned to do in order to survive in the world that I find myself. And yet it might not be the greatest thing in the world, but it allowed me to, to function and be in a world that was very difficult for me to be in. Um, and I think often when we we can heal the surface stuff, but also then when we heal the underlying, that's also the the, the bit that allows those patterns to, to dissipate. Mm. You know, so for me, I wouldn't call myself 100% healed. I'm still quite conscious about what I eat. Like I can let myself eat everything. I don't overeat, but I'm still very aware of it all. But it's a world of difference between how it was before. You know, for years, I wouldn't let us have the amount of foods that were not allowed in this house. As I had all of these protections around everything. Mm. Um. So I love that you shared that. And I and I also really love that um that love that you obviously had for your son of like, yes, you're doing it for you, but also like I'm doing this for him. Like, how do I get to that place where I am connected to myself so that I can feel connected to him? Mm. Um and, and then give him what he needs whilst also giving yourself what you need. Yeah, and I yeah, I say this to mums a lot because there's a there's this whole concept out there that we should never do things for other people. Mm. And whilst I agree we do have to, it does have to be for us ultimately, I do think, especially for mums, sometimes our children are the motivator for us to, to start our healing journey and it doesn't mean they're the motivator to keep us going on it because at some stage for me it flicked back into I was worthy enough to do this for myself but initially I did need my son to be a motivator because I tried for 20 years before that myself I'd been to therapy I'd been to counseling I'd done CBT I'd done like I'd read self-development books since I was 14 it wasn't working. So I did need something that was bigger than me to get the journey started. 
And then somewhere along the line, and I'm not sure exactly where it was, but I dropped into valuing myself enough to keep doing it for me, to keep doing all of the work and to keep wanting to do that for me. Um, and and for the relationship it means I can have with my child. Yeah, and if you don't mind me asking, how has that relationship evolved? Like, what was oh, it? Yeah, it's it's amazing. Um, it's it's definitely amazing. It used to be really disconnected, and that used to feel so hard, so so hard, because I guess he has additional needs. So, and they're very different, but also. He's a very different child than I was. I was a good girl. Mm. I <laughs> kept everybody, kept the peace. I was a people pleaser. I was, I always felt my role was to just, um, you know, make everybody else happy. And it wasn't because I was told to do things. I just knew what to do and I did it. My son is defiant. He will stand up to authority. He will stand up to me. He will challenge. He will make his needs known. And I absolutely love that because every single day he challenges me to, to really be sure of the boundaries I'm setting, but also to go inside myself and ask myself, is this for me or is this for him? You know, is this for me to be able to be in control and feel that I'm, you know, I'm in a safe place or is this actually for the benefit of him? Um, and so our relationship is so good now. It's really deeply connected. And I know when I feel a disconnect, if I feel a disconnect, it's not about him. Mm. It's about me because I've taken the focus off the love and put it on. Usually I've gone into my head. So usually I'm up here doing something else and, you know, straight up here. And I've moved out of that heart space, which is where I want to parent from. And into my my thinking brain about you know all of the other things that we have to do as as busy people um so our connection is really beautiful now yeah and and he is I mean he's really thriving he's he's doing amazingly as a kid yeah yeah and it's and please feel free to disagree with me but it's one of the things that I often say to the mums that I work with they they often get themselves quite upset about how their children are being and how they feel about their children and also noticing their own disconnection and they want to know how they can fix their kids mm. and and my my response back is the more that you can regulate your own nervous system and do your own work the more you will then just be a safe adult around your child so that the child feels safe and a lot of the time some of the challenges can can just lessen because when we're regulated they can be regulated 100 i totally agree with you and i love that because that is it is so true when we can be that calm place or and it, it doesn't mean calm all the time but when we can be that regulated place and our needs are met they're no longer getting in the way of us seeing our children's needs and that was a big one for me because i wasn't always looking after my basic needs or you know, even my more complex needs. And so they would interfere. So when my child needed something, my own stuff would be in the way. And I wasn't able to see his, what was going on for him clearly, because I was seeing it through this, like this stained glass, um, you know, glasses of my own. Yeah. Um, and when we are more regulated, 
it's just easier. We can, we, I mean, we co-regulate with them and it's so beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Thank you. So another thing, there's lots of things I want to talk to you about today, but another thing that I would like to talk about is you talked before about exploring um, biochemistry and the nervous mm. system. So like, how did you get into that? And how for you do you use with yourself and then with your clients, how do you use those modalities as part of the healing process? Because a lot of people have heard of like therapy or mindset coaching, but some, the, 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 um, the biochemistry piece, like supplements, essentially what we're eating, how, how, we're, how we're fueling ourselves. And then the nervous system piece might be a little less common. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah. So biochemistry, I got totally into that for my son. That was initially how I got into it because, like I said, from very early on, it was obvious that there was lots of stuff um, going on for him. He had severe anxiety before he was before he was even like as a toddler and infant, he was really, really easily stimulated. And before he was even two, we were pretty much prisoners in our own home because he couldn't cope with the external world. Um, so we started seeing a naturopath um a very she's like very very popular in New Zealand she only works with pediatrics and she got us started on the journey of I've always been interested in alternatives alternative medicine of any description and she got us started on on a journey for him that supported his anxiety and within a couple of months he had been on reflux meds because his reflux was so bad that we couldn't Um, he he was just screaming night and day. So we got him, he was on those and we couldn't seem to get him off them. So within a month of working with her, he was off all meds and he was, his anxiety was starting to decrease. We were starting to be able to function as in a much more normal way as a family. Um, You know, and two, three, four months down the line, there was such a radical shift for him but it was a lot of it was a lot of trial and error with supplements and obviously being so so young like we started working with her when um he was 22 months so we'd previously been seeing another naturopath from, from he was about 14 months and so 22 months and and they're so small at that age supplements are really can be really dicey and he's got a very sensitive um like biochemistry as well so we would try some some and they were just like no goes for him at all and it was very obvious in behavioral issues and then others were just like yes this one it's nailed and so bit by bit we started to piece um his biochemistry together um as well as doing some more deep um integrative tests to give us a bigger picture um and as we started to support him better in that way and uh, just reflecting back on what you said initially it was I was doing it to try and fix him which sounds so bad but I was you know and it was it was to try and fix him to make it easier for me and then I realized it was not about fixing him it was actually about me and my stuff was about me and my reactions to him but we do we sometimes do have to support our little people as well Um, and then through that I learned a huge amount through my journey with him and in that as I started to do my own healing and explore my own healing 
I went through all of my own whole the whole journey with the biochemistry and severe adrenal fatigue and um I'd had because I'd had such a long history with anorexia I had lots of hormonal issues and it was trying to bring all those back in as well as histamine issues and I had like racking up all of these physical like diagnoses like colitis and things like that so it was just through all of my own personal journey that I have learned and deeply delved into biochemistry and so with my clients I don't I don't bring it in um as a professional like a professionally because I haven't got any professional certifications in it um however I have a lot of personal knowledge so I will generally refer on to a naturopath if I see that there is something that um that I feel would be a really 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 beneficial because then they can get professional advice and or suggest looking up something on Google because things like magnesium things like um you know niacin things like b vitamins are widely available for anybody and anybody can research them on dr yeah. google and what i loved if we just come to magnesium briefly is so i will often talk about magnesium l3 and 8 and the reason why i talk about that is just because a lot of the time people hear about magnesium is good for the nervous system it's good for sleep it's good for the muscles and then they go and they buy their over-the-counter magnesium it's magnesium citrate it just works as a laxative they have laxative effects and like they don't get the other benefits. And what I loved was when I posted about that in kind of a tongue in cheek way, once my husband decided he was going to look at it, how you shared, actually, you still even have to be careful about the kind of supplements and the form of supplement that you are taking for your individual system. So for you and your son, you take a different form of magnesium, which is bisglycinate, because that is, that is tolerable for you in a way that the L3 and 8 isn't. And I think that's such an important thing to just note as well. Like there isn't a one size fits all. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And and because of our journey, I guess I've got really big into researching like the, the individual sort of the genetic snips that we all have. Mm. And when you look at those, even things like um, vitamin B12, you know, there's different forms of that as well. And some of them really create anxiety, whereas some of them are, depending on your genetic makeup, some of them are really supportive. And it's the same with the magnesium. For my son and I, what everyone else, what re relaxes most other people is really increases anxiety for us. Whereas, and it comes out in my son in behavior, whereas the one that we take relaxes us and it's supposed to be quite stimulating so yeah it's it's really it's for me it was just bringing in the biochemistry and learning to really tune into your individual body and trust the messages it's giving you even if every practitioner tells you something different even if the internet tells you something totally different really tuning in and honoring your body and I think that was the biggest thing the whole biochemistry journey has taught me is to really tune in and listen to your body and listen to your child's and the messages that it's giving 
as opposed to just blindly following somebody else, regardless of their, you know, professional um, credentials or anything else, because you know your body best when you've learned to tune back into it. Yes, which I love, which brings on to two very lovely points. So, and then that getting back into the body is where we do the body and the nervous system work. So we can actually reconnect back to ourselves. Um, and you can definitely talk to that in a second. But the other thing that I would like to talk you to talk to is, I think it would be very, very easy for a lot of people to look at, okay, so magnesium L3 and 8 is supposed to help me relax, right? And I'm taking it and it's making me feel more anxious. So therefore, there's just nothing that can help me relax. I'm broken, I'm the problem, like there's just nothing for me to do, which is the same challenge that a lot of people have, I think, where they try certain modalities and they don't get the results they want. There can be this then conclusion of like, I'm broken, something is wrong with me. And I know that this is something that you are really passionate about in in the way that you work and what you do, the kind of like, well, no, we aren't broken piece. So please riff. Oh, yeah, I love this. I love sharing with people that they're not broken because I remember I I will and I say this to so many people. I remember the very day that it dropped in for me and I was sitting right here and just something dropped in for me that there was nothing wrong with me. And it was just those five, six words, whatever it is. I was trying to count them quickly, my finger. Um, that there is nothing wrong with me. My entire life, I felt like there was something wrong with me. I thought I was broken. And I don't, I say my entire life because I can't remember ever not feeling like I had to be somebody different in order to be accepted, that I had to be better, be, be achieve more in school, um, you know, be, and it wasn't even be thinner. It was just be more disciplined, be, be, yeah, be better I think be different than I was to to be accepted and the moment that dropped in for me it was like this enormous weight of decades had been lifted off my shoulders uh that that there wasn't that there was nothing inherently wrong with me and I think I was probably at one of my sickest to do with getting all these physical diagnoses at the time and going into this big spiral of who can help me what can help me get out of this now and just that realization that I I am whole I'm I'm complete yes there might be layers to be unpacked and yes there might be you know things I have to discard and shed but deep down the essence of who I am is whole and it always has been there never has been this brokenness there so I didn't need to you know put myself back together I just needed to let go of all of the things that I wasn't including these diagnoses now it's not as simple as now I know them now they all just disappear but it's yeah it's just that realization that that we have never been wrong that who we are and that whatever we picked up in our childhood in our teenage years whenever it was that we picked it up intergenerationally that it's it's not the truth no matter what you believe it is not the truth and it isn't for anybody you're you know you're whole because you came into the world so whole and like as nobody looks at a little baby and thinks there's something so broken and so wrong with them and when did we pick that up and when did we learn that about ourselves 
And for most of us, for many of us, it happened at a really, really young age. And then we just built, you know, our, our beautiful brains protected us by gathering more and more evidence to, to prove it and to keep it, you know, to keep that belief around. And of course, then you throw in eating disorders and high achievement and, you know, always focusing on your worth being outside of you or somewhere else then it just fuels that even more. And so the realization that that we're just not broken, that we are so whole. And for me, when I learned about the nervous system regulation, this really added to it. It was like, oh, I make sense. You know, all of this makes sense. And the whole journey, the biochemistry, the tuning back into myself, it just all added to the realization that there was never anything broken to start off with. I love that. And I think, you know, I think we all have our own, I call them core wounds. It's like the core memories in whatever that Disney Pixar film is. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, you know, and we go to great lengths to, to prove to ourselves and others that we aren't broken, that we you know. So I had, a, I had a story slash have a story. It still comes up for me. I'm bad, I'm wrong, I'm difficult to love, right? And so the, exactly the same as you. So the eating challenges, the discipline, I'll be perfect, the people-pleasing, like all of it <laughs> in great many, great many ways, you know, the lengths that we go to. And actually, you're right. So when you peel all of that back to, and my coach makes me say this all of the time, and it's still a practice, I'm so easy to love. Mm. I'm not bad. I'm not wrong. Well, all of a sudden, all of those fixes aren't needed anymore because I haven't got mm. anything to prove. Mm. Mm. Yeah, I think that's a big one is that thing to prove. I have to prove that I'm lovable. I have to I have to prove myself so that I get that love or so that I get that acceptance. That was a huge one for me. It's still, and like you, it still comes up. We're, we're constantly a work in progress. We're still and at the same time. Yeah, and at the same time, um, it doesn't mean that that we're, we're always working on ourselves because we think there's something wrong with us. It's more just a further expansion. Um, but yeah, I, mine was definitely around the I'm not enough. I'm not enough. And now it's, yeah, I'm enough exactly as I am. Take me as I am, you know, kind of warts and all. Um, and it is it is a beautiful process of of integrating that. Yeah, and it is a beautiful process. And it's also sometimes a messy process. <laughs> it, yeah, it really is messy. And sometimes, I don't know about you, but sometimes I get so frustrated. It's like, I done the work on this here it comes again I've I've seen you before I know you this old pattern what are you doing coming back to me again um yeah yeah oh, yeah. yeah yeah I get very angry about it I in fact mm -hmm. I go between being very angry and like hysterically crying about it but then it's coming back to that reminder of if each pattern is like a spiral when it comes up again we've been asked to go down to that next layer of healing and that next layer of healing and I'm not quite there yet, but I'm getting closer to accepting that the layers of healing never stop. <laughs> when are we going to be done? I think we aren't going to be done, but we just keep going. But you're right, but not from a place of 
I'm broken and I need to fix, but just from a place of like, well, this is my next ev evolution, my next expansion of consciousness or like whatever people's beliefs or processes of like what we're here to do in, I say in this mm -hmm. lifetime, which, you know, again, <laughs> or your only lifetime, depending on how you feel about it. You know, it's all just, it's all just an amazing part of the journey. Mm. Yeah, yeah, it is. And, and I think the human part of us jumps in sometimes and just wants to be there, wants to be to, at some destination. I'm not sure where there is and where we exactly want to be. But but there is so much surrender in the the dropping into the acceptance of this is where I am right now. And and this is this is good. This is what can I learn here? Where can I expand to? How can I be at peace here? Um, and that 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 in itself for me was definitely a big a big part of the journey is how can I be in acceptance of here while not being numb to here? Because I had been in acceptance of here for a very long time, but I was very numb to my reality. Whereas now it's like I'm feeling all of it. And I do love, you know, when you said you feel angry, I do love that because I love all of the fullness of emotions now because I was numb for so long to feel the bigness of all of these emotions just gives our life so much fullness. Yeah, and having the capacity to be with that when it isn't, well, I was going to say when it isn't joy, but you know what? Joy can actually be quite hard to experience as well if you've not had a lot of joy in your life. But you're right, that just, and it's one of the things that I've recognised recently. It's like you talked about you're in your head and then you need to come back to your heart. And that journey to open up your heart, like similar process for me, but it's also that recognition of, okay, but I'm here to open and expand my heart, but at the same time as letting more good in and more loving and being able to give out more love I'm also gonna have to expand my capacity to let more ridicule and hate and dislike and being misunderstood in because mm. you can't have one without the other and that's the richness of like and the discomfort of the expansion process mm. and that's exactly what just going back to the the feeling that my heart was hard with when when our son was was um an infant was I still hadn't I was still very blocked off from all of my emotions so I couldn't feel that love and I couldn't feel the joy because I was still protecting I was still protecting myself from the pain you know the pain of of all of that the pain of life because let's face it there is the duality you you have the good and you have the not so good and um, but I was still very much protecting myself from that and because that was happening then I couldn't I, I couldn't soften into the joy and the love that I desperately wanted but you like you said you can't have one without the other you have to they both have to be there together and we, there is a lot of expansion we have to do a lot of expanding into the capacity to be able to hold both so I just want to say I've absolutely loved our conversation today. It's been so good to hear more from you. Before we wrap up, um, can you just say a little bit about when people come to work with you, how do you support them? Um, and also just let people know where they can find you if they want to check you out on the interweb. 
yeah so i i su- like support you in lots of different ways um but primarily the very first thing we always focus on is the nervous system work because i'm all about building a strong foundation and i don't think there is i haven't met anybody in the last i don't know how long since i've learned about nervous system regulation that doesn't have a level of dysregulation um, because the last three, four, five years have been really, really hard on most people. And it's really highlighted where we are have already been dysregulated, but we now don't have the supports and things in place to be able to, to fudge past it anymore. So, and, and there's been a lot of people with, you know, because I work with moms, there's been a lot of moms who've been trying to balance homeschooling or, you know, time with the kids at home and stuff. Um, with everything else so that is the foundational part of what I do and from there we I really focus on what is coming up for the individual and what obviously what their goals are but there's inner child healing subconscious reprogramming um, trauma work whatever really comes up depending on the the where the individual is ready to go and ready to explore some people want more practical to just stay more on the surface level let's just stay there and then they come back a bit later and they're like "Mm, I want to go a bit deeper and so it's very much depends on what the individual is wanting to achieve as well as the capacity their capacity for the depth at which they want to go and but ultimately it is supporting moms to awaken to the truth of who they are, to really peel back those layers and to heal the relationship with themselves. Because what I have seen time and time again and what I've seen with myself was that when we heal that relationship with ourselves, we heal the other relationships in our lives. And the one that we most want as moms in general is to heal the relationship with our kids or to build a really strong, guilt-free, connected relationship with our kids. Um, because we are, we're, I mean, we're the first people in their lives who are giving them that structure, that foundation, that guide for who they're going to be in the future. And many of us came in with our own childhood wounds to parenting. And we're really sure that we don't want to pass those on to our kids, but we don't know how to not do them. So that's what I support you to do is to to heal that stuff so that we don't pass it on because a lot of it is generational and we can break the cycle when we do the work and as hard and it as that feels and as much of a responsibility as that feels on us sometimes it's actually really empowering to know that we can break that cycle within our lineage and our children don't have to have to carry the weight of what we haven't done yeah i love that so much and Yes, that's totally what I'm all about as well. So thank you so much for coming on. Share with us your, how do people get, how do people find you, Avril? Yes, I totally, I remember that. I remember you said that I can just, I can just talk whenever I, (laughs) whenever I get passionate about what I'm talking about. So you can find me on Facebook at Avril Brown and on Instagram at Avril One Brown. Brilliant. Thank you so much. So um, if people want to check out Avril, go to the show notes in the podcast. However you are watching or listening to this, you will find all the links in there. Um, and let us know how you found the episode. Take care and I will see you soon. Bye for now. <laughs>